Hi, you're listening to Record of Change. Record of Change listens to eight individuals located on every continent, how their lives have been twisted by the COVID-19 pandemic. My name is Ke Chengfang. I'm talking to you from Hong Kong. Today, we will listen to Wenli, who is an insurance agent, and her husband Dominic, who is a social worker. Both of them are now in Hong Kong and were infected with the coronavirus. They have recovered from the disease and kindly agreed to share their experience. I'd like to first ask about how did you first hear about coronavirus? Did you hear that in January or even before that? I think I heard it in January and before the Chinese New Year. Like every year, I will go back to my hometown mm-hmm. at Wuxi, Jiangsu province, to celebrate Chinese New Year with my uh, parents. But before that, I heard about the coronavirus, so I was hesitating if I should go back. Then I asked my parents, and, and they told me it is not a big deal, and uh, it's just a, a very small amount uh, of person who get infected and most of them, of them is in Wuhan. So they asked me to yeah. uh, go back with my husband. So during that time, people's perception yes. were quite different from now, right? During that time, it seems that people in Hong Kong were very, very nervous. But Hong Kong in mainland China were very, very relaxed. <laughs> is that so? Yeah, uh, we, we heard it uh, in January, but at that time, the situation is not severe. Uh, as now. So uh, I also remember during that time, people in Hong Kong seems to be talking about this uh, virus much more than people in mainland China. Was that because uh, people in Hong Kong actually had memory of the uh, SARS outbreak in 2003? Is that something that heavily influenced how people in Hong Kong perceive coronavirus this time? So were you in Hong Kong in 2003, Dominic? Yeah, yeah, I was. So um, I Definitely, I think it's because of the SARS. We are more experienced to it. Um, we took a lot more precautions. So everyone started to wear masks, wash hands, because we experienced that, you know, um, in our earlier days. So definitely, it reminds us of a horrible time. So that's why we took a lot of precautions, you know. Did you go back to your hometown together during the Chinese New Year, despite pandemic? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever thought that you would like eventually become the direct victims? Of the virus? No. Since I didn't experience SARS, like in 2003, I was in my hometown, Wuxi. I, I think few people was diagnosed with SARS in Wuxi. So like it is very, uh, it's a thing very far away from my life. So even I, I know the, the, the COVID-19 was happened all over the world. I, I, I don't think it has nothing to do with me. I even joke mm. with my husband. We won't be uh, so unlucky to get a virus. If we got it, then we will, uh, we should go to the luck. Buy lottery tickets? No. Because <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> we, we know we are not so lucky. <laughs> Can you share us with the experience of being infected with uh, COVID-19? Mm. Like, how did you get this uh, virus? Do you have an answer to that question? Well, actually, it's um, after our trip from Canada. So the very next day, you know, I have like a sore throat, mm. few coughs mm. and um, slightly feverish. At first, I thought it's, it's probably nothing. It's just probably because we have a long flight. So, you know, I'm just probably tired. But then, you know, I just want to play safe. So 
I went to get checked in the clinic and um, they sent me to the hospital right away. And then I stayed there for one night. And then the next day, um, the doctor told me that, oh, you're, you're test positive. Mm. And that moment I was quite shocked because I hardly have any presenting symptoms. So, and actually I feel quite fine. So it's very unbelievable that, you know, I got test positive. And uh, that might, uh, that moment, you know, I, uh, I told my wife to take a taxi and come to the hospital, you know, immediately to also get checked out. And uh, she got test positive too. So <laughs> we were actually quite shocked, you know, at that time. So I had some symptoms. It's quite similar to my husband. I also had sore throat and the muscle pain, and I feel very tired. But I just think it's maybe because of the jet lag. Mm. It's pretty much like a cold. So was it that you somehow got infected during the flight? We went to Canada. Mm. I went to Toronto on 3rd of March. Mm -hmm. And we stayed there for two weeks because we need to buy a property and do other things to prepare for our immigration. At that time, the situation in Canada, I mean, the COVID-19 pandemic was not very serious. People in Canada, they, they even didn't wear a mask. Uh, and when we uh, fly back to uh, Hong Kong, the plane is full of people. And the lady sitting next to me was from New York. I think maybe I was get infected in the plane, but uh, we, we can't find the answer. So during that time, people in North America, they were not so like doing this social distancing. They're not doing this, all these protective measures, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. So after you heard the news that you were tested positive, were you like immediately sent to some like special hospital rooms? Yes, we both sent to two uh, isolation rooms in Jiangguo Hospital. At first, we uh, live in the two rooms, but due to the lack of the isolation room, we moved together in the next day, in the second day. Okay. How was the treatment? So how were you being treated? Was it like any, like, treating like a fever or treating like a cold? Was there anything special about the treatment? The doctor actually came in and uh, gave us two options. So one is just um, normal care plan. So just uh, care for the symptoms without treating the virus. The other is um, they gave us choice to take a pill, Collectra, I think. Cal yeah. Calatra. And yes. Which is uh, a pill that is used to fight SARS in the past. Uh, yes. It's also used for AIDS and SARS. So um, she said that there's no guarantee. But uh, if you want to take a risk, you know, they're willing to gamble with you. So both of us, mm. we choose to take the pills. Yeah, so we have mm. to take the pills you know, okay. every day. It seems that Dominic spent about 12 or a dozen days longer than your wife yeah. in hospital. 47 days. Oh, 47 yeah. days in total. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. really a long time. So Yeah, in total. Yeah, so, so did the doctors give any like explanation why you stayed much longer than your wife? Uh, no, actually, but in our ward, like most of the female patients get discharged uh, earlier. So majority of them are male patients. So it, it I don't know, the virus just likes male patients, I guess. <laughs> so uh, there's, there's, there's no really solid uh, explanation. Yeah, we still know so little about this virus, actually. 
I want to ask you what you're feeling throughout this journey. Like you were, firstly, you were very shocked, right? You didn't、yeah. really expect that you could be tested positive. And then, did you feel、yeah. any like fear or despair because、yeah. we know so little、yeah. about the disease? Maybe did you ever like yeah. yeah have this kind of feeling? Yeah, yeah, definitely.、Um, you know, I'm very fearful. I, I don't want to lose my wife. You know, and、uh, like everything was so sudden.、Mm. So、uh, even we thought that oh, like would we die from this? You know, but we're so young. Like would we、um, not see our families again? You know. Like all this has、uh, certainly you know take place you know, but、mm. then uh, uh, after a while the, the doctor said like、um, the most critical time is over like、uh, mm. we don't sustain any damage in our lungs or in a major organ so that's when we get a bit relief yeah、mm. but then、uh, the waiting process is you know it's hard to bear because every day you you get tested and every day the doctor say oh you're still test positive so you still have to stay here so. Like every day, you have a hope, and every day you get a despair again. So it's quite hard to bear. So when did you get the news that、uh, the most critical time has already passed? After a week or so. After、uh, okay. I think after、yeah. two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. Yes,、yeah, after two weeks. Two weeks. Okay.、Yeah. Yes. So that means that the first one to two weeks that was the worst, and then after that, you、mm. are much、uh, relieved, and that's、uh, yeah. waiting for. Being discharged. So, what's your feel, Wendy?、Uh, did you feel the same as your husband? Um. Yes, and、uh, also, um, I I was so scared to never see my parents again, cause I've been in Hong Kong for like nine years, and my parents are still living in mainland China. And due to the travel ban, they are not able to come to Hong Kong. Even I, I get infected, so I I. At that time, I was so scared that I will die in Hong Kong, and、uh, I was not able to see them before I die. So, when you were feeling much fearful and even thinking of death, did you any come with idea of、uh, like who to blame for this pandemic for your situation? Did you any think of blaming anyone for this? We decided to immigrate to Canada because of. The recent situation in Hong Kong, we will lose our freedom. We will lose our rights. That's why we decide to immigrate, and that's why we get infected in the way of immigration. So, I think it is the Chinese government I blame most. Both of you were in the same room for most of your treatment in hospital, right? Yes. What's your daily conversation like during that time? <laughs> What did you do? Can you go online? Can you use Facebook? Can you do watch、uh, entertainment programs? Can you do all those those things in, in in hospital rooms? There is no Wi-Fi there, but we can use our own signal of the、uh, cell phone. But it is it is limited, so we can't surf online so much time. Mostly we watch TV, but there is only TVB、uh, in hospital. So we just watch the soap opera talking about the Hong Kong police. It's very boring at that time.、Uh, actually, every day we have nothing to do. So、uh, actually, our routine is quite structured. Like、um, every day at eight a.m., they bring in breakfast,、uh, take our temperatures, and usually after breakfast, the doctor will call to check up on us. 
and uh, to bring us the test result from the previous day. And uh, then we have some new tests. Uh, after that, in the afternoon, I usually do some exercise or read a book. And my wife usually take a nap, you know. And then uh, around six, they bring in the, the dinner. So we have our dinner, and you know, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sleep early and then get up yeah. early. Yeah, very <laughs> yeah. healthy routines. Yeah. So, what was your interactions with uh, doctors, nurses, and the care workers during that time? Uh, I guess they were like very well protected. So every day, the the care worker they will come, they will put on the full gear, the masks and gloves and uh, protective clothing, and they'll come to our rooms to do some cleaning, take away the trash, and also they will mop, and the nurse will come in to. Do the tests for us. The doctor hardly comes in. The doctor usually we just communicate over the phone. So she'll call us, uh, inform us about the test results and whether or not uh, the pills are, you know, having an effect. Or and then we also tell them about the side effects. And the doctor will help to match our side effects. You know, so uh, we we don't get to see the doctor a lot, but we communicate over the phone usually. So you interacted most with the care workers, right? During yeah. That time. yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. What What did they say to you? What's your daily conversation like? Most of them are not the professionals, mm-hmm. the middle aged woman, mm-hmm. and but they are very they are very kind and friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um. Since we lived there for a long time, yeah. So we got. Uh, more and more familiar with each other, yeah. and they sometimes they will bring us some snacks, yeah. and sometimes they they will even encourage us. Yeah. Yes, they're, they're very nice. Is it allowed that they bring you things from outside? <laughs> uh, just occasionally, yeah. yes, because it yeah it it somehow is coming up from their own pocket, so you mm. know. We don't want to insist, right? But mm-hmm. at the same time, the meals in the hospital is is very bland. <laughs> and it's almost the same like every day. So mm. you know, it's good to have some outside food like once in a while. Mm-hmm. Yes. Also, since we are we are got infected, so we are asked to wear mask even in the rooms. Mm. So every time they came in, I don't want to talk to them to increase their risk of getting infected. But they just uh, talk to us. They just initial the conversation, yeah. so which means a lot to us, I think. Oh, that's very nice of them mm, yes. to do so. Talking about the help and support, did you feel that uh, you got sufficient help from the government? We don't think so. We didn't receive any financial or other support from the government. What about the? Community and your friends. Well, friends like you know, we we talk to them like through the internet, and they give us emotional support. They care about us. They ask about us. So, uh, but then they can never come and visit us. <laughs> so not even our parents. So, so the, the most they can do is is bring us some food, but they can only leave it at the door, so someone can bring it in to us. So I guess that was uh, quite difficult for you psychologically, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because you were forced to be quite isolated from the world. Yeah. Yeah. Since yeah. I I can't talk too much of my fear with my parents, so mostly I talk to my friends. They gave me a lot of emotional support. What were you hearing during your days in hospital? The sound of the air conditioner, <laughs> and also the sound of the negative pressure. 
the negative pressure, it's like an engine, it's like a small engine. So it, it goes on like every single day. And um, because for me, I also wrote it on my blog. So um, after I got discharged, I, I heard the birds chirping, the birds and I heard like cars crossing. And these are, you know, very new to me at that moment. <laughs> and I felt like the sunshine, like sunshine on my skin. It felt really warm. And, you know, I felt like, oh, okay, I haven't felt this for a long, long time. So, you know, these are some, you know... So something used to be ordinary yeah. became yeah. totally new to you. Exactly. Yeah. Did you, like, get any new ideas of the world, the life, <laughs> during those dozens of days in hospital? Because when people have nothing to do, maybe they can become a philosopher. <laughs> Actually, I was a, a sales person. I sell insurance. So I was very stressed for most of during the last two years. But by the time I was getting the hospital, I found that nothing is more important than my parents, than my uh, family members. So mm. yes, now I was very peaceful. Even I had no business at all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because I think like um, our career, our job is just part of our life. Yes, we should focus more on our family. Mm. So for me as well, like, you know, once you experience something like near death experience, it really makes you reprioritize what you value most in your life. Though definitely um, put more weight to my family, you know, um, I should spend more time with them, love them more. But the positive thing about this experience is I get to read some of the books that I always wanted to read, but I never got a chance to. So I read like three books. And then, you know, this is something that I enjoy in the past, but I was just too busy with my life. So I didn't get a chance. So it's very good to, you know, uh, to go back to these passions, you know, and uh, also learn to do yoga. Uh, so I think it's just you, you would take better care of your own body, your health, because uh, even if you gain the whole world, but if you lose health, you lose yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's quite touching that you still get positive things out of this uh, definitely bad experience. So I hope you have already fully recovered. Is that so? Or did you have, uh, you talk about side effects? Did you have any like residual effects? Yeah, so I have some um, uh, impairment in, with my smell sense. So uh, I'm still going to the smell clinic to follow up on that. So you know, it's not damaged, but it's, it's slightly impaired. Does that mean that you cannot smell anything or cannot smell a certain kind of taste? No, it's, it's just that it smells different. Like, you know, it smells <laughs> different than what it should be. So like spicy things does not smell like spicy at all? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So I'm going through some treatment for that. The sensories, they can grow back. Oh, yeah. okay. That's good to know. Yeah. And I think it's a very special experience, <laughs> right? To smell something like it differently. Is. Did you experience any discrimination after uh, recovering from COVID-19? Yes, like two weeks or three weeks ago, I had a sore throat and then I go to the GP and uh, I declared that I had the history of COVID-19 and uh, they immediately put on the shield and uh, the doctor said he rejected to see me. 
and told me to go to A and E. Even I've been discharged for three months, and I had no traveling history, but I can just go to A and E.、Mm. And when I arrived A and E, I stayed the whole night、mm. to get the test again because I had the history. Yes, but、um, yeah. it's it's turned out、mm. it's just a normal cold. Can you explain a little bit about the GP and A and E? General practitioner. GP and A and E is an accident and emergency. Are they in、uh, public hospitals? Yes, the GP is in private clinic, and the A and E is in public hmm, hospital, hospitals.、Yeah. Okay, so the public hospital cannot reject any yes、uh, yeah. patients based on this. Yes, but private clinics have the right to do that. Yes, but、yeah. I need to wait for whole night to get the test. In the public hospital, did you have any discrimination experience,、uh, Dominic? Yeah, I, I think it's understandable because it's a、um, new virus, and you know it could cause death in certain cases. So I, I think it's understandable that people are worried, people are scared, people are afraid. You know, so、um, and I remember one experience where、um, our neighbors like they they saw me coming out, and they were also opening a door, and they, when they saw me, they slammed the door immediately. They went back to their own home, so I think it's understandable. So I don't really blame them. So they're still you don't know what would happen, right? And there are cases with the virus coming back with some survivors. So、yes. our podcast actually focuses on change, right? This pandemic changed many things. So talk a little about your original plan for this year. It was immigrating to Canada, right? To starting a new life in Canada. So what was a、uh, change to your life plan for this year? And maybe in future, are you still planning to go to Canada? We will still go to Canada, but not this year. We postponed the plan since the unemployment rate in Canada is quite high. We so we are we worried we can't find a job there. So、uh, we leased our house、uh, for one year and to see how it goes. Um, next year. So you are currently uh, uh, working in Hong Kong now. Yes, yes. So we we decided to stay in Hong Kong for this year. So what's your day like? Now in Hong Kong, what's a typical day like? Both of us are now working as a social worker, so we need to see our client. But due to the COVID nineteen, we now work from home for like two to three days every week, and go to office for two days per week.、Um, but mostly, we just talk with our client via phone. We used to meet them face to face, but now it, we are not encouraged to do so. Yeah, because、uh, starting from、uh, early July, there was a new wave of this pandemic in Hong Kong. So, how do both of you think about this uh, current uh, status of this pandemic in Hong Kong? Yeah, actually, feel very、uh, fatigued about it because it's been a long, long time, and、uh, we and there's no end to this. Like we don't see an end to this. So、uh, we just have to be extra careful every single day. Every time we wash our hands, wear a mask.、Um, but you know, it's it's getting more and more difficult because you have to stay home all the time. 
and、uh, try to get the work done, but not as effective. So、uh, it, it's it's getting you know really really tired, and we really hope that this will all blow over very soon. What's your opinion, Wenli? Actually, I think it's the failure of the government's policy which caused the new wave.、Um, some of my friends they came to Hong Kong from mainland China. They didn't need to do any test before they came to Hong Kong, and they can stay home. Uh, with their family members, but they their family members they are free to go to everywhere. So I I think that's why there is a new wave. But people also saying that if you really want to get stricter regulations on people's daily life, then it will cause a lot of inconvenience. So actually, it seems that's quite efficient for mainland China government to control. The pandemic, especially for example, recently、uh, starting from June, the recent wave in Beijing, and it was、uh, controlled quite quickly. But of course, the cost is that many people that did not have the freedom to go out at all, right? So,、uh, what do you think of this、uh, balance between controlling the pandemic effectively and also not disturbing the ordinary people's lives? Actually, I don't know why China can <laughs> can do that. It's impossible for us to not go out for a period of time. Yeah, they can literally lock people's doors. Yeah,、right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. I don't know, but it's it's definitely what I not what I want, and I think it's hard to use this method in in Hong Kong. In Hong Kong, we have the stress of. Survive, especially we, because、uh, I was working as a social worker. I see some people they need to work, or or they can't survive. Uh, do you have any like other thoughts to share with uh with our audience, especially from your own experience? Actually, I posted my reflection of the experience online, and recently some. People they come to contact me because they are suspected or they are diagnosed with COVID nineteen recently. So I think most of them are very scared. So I want to tell whoever listening to this: if you are suspected, if you are diagnosed, do not be so. Panic or do not be so scared. Most of us can survive the virus, and you can actually get positive things out of it. Yes. So for me, I would say first of all, I think、um, this virus has been going on for some time now. But now is not the time to relax. Keep doing the safety measure. Wash your hands. You know, wear a cover.、Um, if possible, keep social distancing. I think it's a long battle. It's a long battle, and、uh, you you just really have to. Yeah, hold your defense. You know, even now,、so、I know it's hard to bear, but you really need to hold on because you never know when you will get it. Like for us, we don't know exactly how we got it, but we got it. So you always have to be cautious. You know. And second of all, I think at sometimes it's also good to stop and kind of reflect on your life. Like, what do you truly value? What is important for you? 
are you really doing the working towards what you value or are you working towards your goal or are you just letting life get by you know these are some really good questions important questions with, which i reflected on when i was uh, in the hospital alone okay great thank you i will be talking with you after two to three months to see uh, what your life will be during that time and how will our wars will be uh, after two to three months This was episode two with Ke Chengfang. Stay tuned for the following episode of Record of Change. We will hear Ray in Manila. Ray is a flight attendant at Philippines Airlines. As very few flights were allowed during lockdown in the Philippines, Ray took on side jobs as a barista at a coffee shop and a disinfection officer. Follow us on your favorite podcast provider and find out more about stories behind on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, or our website, rectofchange.com. This podcast is implemented by and with members of the Bosch Alumni Network.